0: Welcome to the Online Course Masters show where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener and today I get to talk with Hayden Obey, a graphics designer and Skillshare instructor making his living through his online courses and art. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening, and make sure to leave a rating. Help us get our first 100 ratings so I can know whether to keep making this show or not. Let's get straight on to the interview.
1: I um, Right now I'm in Toronto, and this is hereabouts is where I've lived for most of my life. Um, and up until um, the beginning of 2016, I was doing, I guess, just a lot of different design-related things. So I had done a three-year program in graphic design, and then um, after that, I was trying, um, like, trying to be like get into branding, um, get into uh, web design. I was doing like signage for theme parks at one point. Um, w- that was actually pretty cool. Um, but I eventually ended up moving to um, to England for two years, um, and there I just I became like a contract web developer. Uh, like designer and developer. Um, and it was kind of like in that time that I realized that the thing that I thought that I really wanted to do, which was that I didn't want to do, um, it became less and less enjoyable for me. Um, and I guess it became really clear to me that illustration was what I enjoyed. That's why I got into design. Um, and so again, at the, the beginning of 2016, I decided to um, stop doing all web design work. And focus on making a career out of illustration, however that looked. Um, and very shortly after that is when I started doing um, courses on Skillshare. They they have like this email that they send out. Um, I think a lot of people get it, um, and it's just like, "Hey, we, you know, um, you've done projects on our site before. Maybe you'd want to consider teaching." There was okay. like a so yeah. you were
0: a student first. Yep. Got yeah. it. Okay, cool. And for people listening, uh, and if you want to check out Hayden's uh, work, you can go to h k dot com, and you can see some of his beautiful work that he's done. Uh, his illustrations are really awesome, and he's got a really <laughs> great website. Uh, so, backing up just a little bit though, when you were yeah, doing website web design, was that just freelancing, doing that, or were you working for other companies? It was it
1: was mostly contracting. So um, I would do like, I did six months in one place, then I did three somewhere else. Um, just several, um, like few months stints.
0: Got it, got it. Okay, so you got the email from Skillshare saying, hey, you should teach an online course. And you Pretty thought, much. oh, maybe I should do that. And what was that process like uh, creating your very first online course?
1: Um, it was like a mix of like like I guess like excitement and like nerves like it was kind of you know like you know putting yourself out there kind of filming yourself it was definitely something that I had to confront but it was also like I guess for a long time I really wanted to do tutorials and that sort of thing um and so it was kind of like a, this is so right like I totally should be doing this um so a scary experience but also a really fun one and um and they they do a really good job of, of bringing on new teachers, I think. They have like these, um, what are they called? Like um, workshops or... Yeah, like so every month all the people who are um, making their first class can kind of get together and get together online and um, kind of go through the process together. There's like step-by-step step and there's videos to watch. Um, and it did make the process a lot easier to know that I had all these other people I could talk to. And, um, and it was kind of broken down into manageable chunks
0: yeah what was like the hardest thing for you what was the biggest thing the biggest hurdle uh for creating your first courses
1: oh yeah um i'm gonna say it was the yeah it'd be the recording Mm -hmm. yeah that is like um i really didn't know what that the experience of recording was going to be like and um just yeah, it was something i have never done before. And so yeah. kind of doing it, um, it did take some getting used to. And again, kind of like confronting um, some weird feelings.
0: <laughs> yeah, being on camera. Ha- yeah, hearing yourself talk on camera. I know it's really awkward for a lot of people in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, what were what are your courses on now? And what was your first course that you taught?
1: So the first course that I taught was on um, using Illustrator to make a like fantasy weapon so I just kind of went into the process of making this sword Um, and since then the majority of my courses have been similar in that they're um, how to achieve like desired results in illustrator Um, only exception is like my latest class is a bit more on the theory side so it's dealing with character design and um, and how to kind of come up with cool backstories for characters Um, but it's primarily I guess technical
0: Got it. Okay, cool. So very niche topics. And I want to talk a lot more about that whole process of creating your first course uh, and your course creation process. But I want to fast forward a little bit. And uh, first, how long have you been creating your courses and what has creating your courses allowed you to do? And uh, what's it been like in terms of um, additional income for you? Is this kind of a full time thing now or just part time income? What's it been for you? Yeah. Um, so
1: I started, my first course was in March. Um, and since then I've made seven, um, and this is now my primary source of income. Um, the stuff that I, the, what I get from Skillshare. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I really didn't think that was going to (laughs) happen. Um, but it, it, it happened a lot quicker than I thought too. Um, which was, I think, um, like at the, I know that they've changed the payment model um, Mm -hmm. really recently. Um, but yeah, at the time it was like, it, it worked out to like every one person who took your class, you get somewhere between like one and $2. Um, and so the first month, the first month I got like 50 bucks and I was, cause I had think 50 people take my class. And I was like, all right, this is, you know, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's nothing to you know freak out about, but it's pretty cool. Um, my second month I made a another class and then I, I, it was like coming time to when I was getting paid, um. And I was like, okay, so I have 1,500 people have taken my classes now. Um, It was a big jump and I didn't expect it. Um, But I'm like, so the math tells me that I should make like 1,500. But I still kind of didn't really believe it.
0: Um, And then,
1: you know, yeah, it was like, it it should be this way, but... um,
0: And Skillshare uh, has always been a little bit funny because you don't know exactly how much you're going to make at the end of the month. Like I have, I started my courses on Udemy and you know, exactly like when someone buys a course Mm -hmm. this is how much you're getting but on Skillshare it's like you're waiting till the 15th of the following month to see when that PayPal arrives and how much is it going to be now they have a few more stats and it's based off of the minutes watched now so you can kind of predict a little bit more but it's also Mm -hmm. really interesting because you're the first person I'm talking to who started on Skillshare and is focused on Skillshare rather than a lot of people I've talked to who started on Udemy and maybe tried to transition some of their courses on Skillshare. But you're having a lot of success on Skillshare. And uh, I think a lot has to do with the more creative classes do well on Skillshare. But did you even, did you have an audience before creating your course or like, how did you even get your course out there? Um, yeah. So
1: if any audience, it would be like just internet art friends like so there's a couple like um slack groups and like uh you know do you know like irc no i don't it's like old older like chat ways or whatever um Uh but anyway just there's i had friends in these different um places and i just kind of showed them and some of them were interested and um and i think the thing that like made the biggest difference for me was i was like I am going to give away as many free enrollments into my classes as I possibly can. I'm like, nobody knows who I am. I don't even know if my classes are any good. I just need people to take them. Um, so I just continue to, I guess like send out, um, messages on like Twitter and Facebook and stuff and to my friends and anywhere people would actually see it. Like, Hey, here's this class. It's totally free. Like take it. Um, and that, that made a big difference.
0: Got it. Got it. That's good advice. Uh, in, now you're you've created you said like seven classes right how How are you coming up with the course topics and what are your plans for your future courses? yeah um so what's worked really well for me for coming up with topics
1: has been um like focusing on the stuff that I really want to improve in my own work mm. so um the the second class I made, which was the one that really kind of pushed things over the edge and is still like one of my most, it is my most popular class, um, was on getting a a certain textured effect in Illustrator. Um, And that was something that I really wanted for my own work. Like I've seen people do really cool texture stuff. I didn't know how to quite do it. And so I spent a good several weeks just trying to figure out what was a good way to do it for myself. Um, That led me to create that class. Um, Later down the, the line, I'm like, okay, I really need to work on how I work with color. So I did several weeks, again, of, of work exploring color and how to improve it, um, and that led me to make my color class. Um, and so that's kind of been, there have been a, a class or two where that hasn't been the case, and I would say that those are probably my, my least, um, at least the classes that I don't feel as strongly about mm-hmm. when it's, but, but what's been really kind of working is, um, yeah, identifying where I need to improve, going and improving that and then turning that into a class.
0: I think that's smart. I mean, if you have to improve it and you're interested in it, there's probably other people out there thinking about those topics and coming up with those, yeah. those topics. And I think you're just proof that there's a lot of people who in this whole online business world that I've come across, they think that the only kind of product that sells is the, I'm going to teach you how to make money with the business <laughs> or make money online. But your classes are, are, Definitely not that. I mean, you're teaching people real world skills. And so I think um, what do you say to someone who who is scared that they don't know what to teach or what they know won't make money on on Skillshare or other platforms?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you don't I guess like I would say you just don't really there's no way of knowing until you try. Um, I had no idea that my classes were going to take off in the way that they did. Um, it was just like, hey, this seems like a cool thing. Maybe it works. Like worst case scenario, I yeah, I get to kind of explore that and I can say, okay, that doesn't work for me. I won't do it. Um, but there, there are plenty of people you know, on Skillshare, on Udemy, on YouTube, all, like, all over the place doing not money-making courses. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's totally viable. There's tons of evidence out there.
0: And a lot of people on Skillshare, I find, or from me, who've tried Skillshare, feel like on Skillshare, the game is like, you have to be posting new courses every week. And once you post a course, it has like a very short lifespan before no one enrolls it anymore. Has that been your experience or do you have classes where they're consistently, you know, getting enrollments months after you've posted them?
1: Yeah. Um, so it definitely is worth acknowledging that like there is a two week window after you publish a class where the most potential for um, new people coming to it, like that's, you got to, you get a boost in your trending score. So there's more chances that people just coming onto Skillshare are going to see your class. Um, But when I've like, (laughs) like when you look at like some of the the classes on the site that have like over, over 10, 20,000 people take it, that's not from that two-week period. Period. Like these are classes that are just really good. They stand on their own merits, and they um and they continue to get attention for it. And I and like like I said, my my texture class was the second class I made, and that still gets like one of the highest amounts of uh, enrollments
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because it's clearly something that people want. Yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. How are you um, structuring your courses? Like, how long are they on average? And do you have, like, a structure that you follow for each Skillshare course with, like, an intro video or any sort of way that you structure your courses?
1: Um, Nothing too concrete. Every time I, like, make a course, I feel like I've figured out the formula. I'm like, oh, I'll <laughs> yeah. just this works so well. I'll make every course like this. Um, and then I start making, I mean, it sounds like maybe that's a similar feeling for you. Um, but then as soon as I start like the next course, I'm like, Oh, I have to completely redo everything. This one is, this it's yeah. As soon as I think I have it figured out, I realize I don't. So um, yes, I put like an, an introduction in all of them and I put a conclusion at the end and all the courses are based around um, creating a project. Cause that's just the way Skillshare is. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's no, I'm, I'm constantly kind of fine tuning and I'm trying different things for it. Yeah.
0: So, and you talk about like some of these courses you, you spend weeks kind of researching or figuring out the technique yourself and then you create the course. But once you have the idea about how long does it take you to make the actual course?
1: Okay. Um, I mean, it, it definitely varies. Um, but I would say like, if I, if I know the topic, um, if I've, done all like the sufficient research and testing and all that stuff um i'm going to say betw- like if i had a week of solid dedication i guess like 8 hours a day i could probably put it together mm-hmm. um but i would err more on the side of like 2 weeks or something nice. um okay it, it de- Sometimes, like, sometimes I just want to, like, animate the intro or something, and then that ends up taking, like, four days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's Again, it's nothing, nothing uh, too concrete.
0: I think that's important, though, for people to hear that you're putting that amount of effort into your courses. Uh, because, uh, again, I think I hear a lot of people interested in Skillshare, but they think they could create a course in a day or in a few hours and put it up and have a lot of success. Well, they, they could. You think that's I mean, possible? I I, I I think I think so.
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean it's I wouldn't strive for it myself, but I think that there are you know, like I think it's possible to do something maybe in an in an hour a day and
0: I do know there's uh, some people out there that have like courses and they publish them every every couple days yeah. or so. It's 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 yeah. pretty insane. Have you thought about putting your courses on other platforms at all?
1: So I, um, later on last year, um, I was very close to taking all of my courses and uploading them on Gumroad
0: for a sale.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I got to the point where like I recorded like an, a separate intro in front of all of them to say like, Hey, this is original Skillshare, but you know, um, just to kind of, I guess like reach a new audience and uh, sell them individually. Um, and I had everything all like lined up and ready to go. And then I was just like wait, like, do I want to do this? Um, and I even, like, I even had a conversation with some of the people at Skillshare and some of my friends and, um, and my girlfriend and stuff, and um, it just, yeah, I, I decided not to do it. Um, it it kind of made sense that, like, it just made sense not to split my focus like that. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the, the courses themselves, like, I've designed them for Skillshare. Like, they're based around a project, a project. Um, the kind of peer-to-peer like community part to it, I think is really important. Um, and you don't get that with Gumroad. So rather than try to get people to go there and you know buy one of my courses, um, I would much rather put that effort into um, inviting people to come to Skillshare and take them.
0: Got it, got it. And what about Udemy? What's your opinion uh, about Udemy?
1: I actually don't know very much about Udemy at all. I have not looked at teaching on there, and I haven't done a course there before so that's maybe you can, uh tell me about it.
0: <laughs> well that's really awesome and interesting to know because coming from udemy like i feel like uh, it's like udemy is like this big marketplace and it's like mm-hmm. what where you go to teach online courses but i i i know and you're a great example that it's there's a lot of people who have never even heard of udemy and from my experience udemy is great for more like bigger courses uh not as much project base, even though project yeah. base works and is a good way to like have an engaging course, I think if you took your courses from Skillshare and packaged them into a bigger course, or you made a more like general like Illustrator for beginners course, those are the types of courses that that do pretty well on okay. on Udemy. Um, I've put some of my courses both on Udemy and Skillshare, uh, and they do decently on Skillshare but I know the ones that I specifically create for Skillshare that are project-based and shorter tend to do better so it's just another idea just uh you know eventually but I totally hear you about like splitting your focus and also like wanting to like respect the platform that you started out on and that's how I have felt with Udemy is like I started out there and there's other opportunities and platforms out there but at the end of the day they've like giving me so much that I don't want to just like disregard them. Um, but, Mm -hmm. um, cool. So you started teaching your courses on Skillshare. You didn't have an audience. Are you building an audience off of Skillshare at all right now?
1: Um, I'd say to a certain degree. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What are you doing?
1: Um, so I mean, most of the audience that is off of Skillshare has come from Skillshare. Mm -hmm. Um, but other than that, I also have, um, a series of, shorter like 60 second tutorials mm-hmm. um, that I've been doing um, for the past couple months and that's been pretty great it's just like really straight to the point like what can I get across it was kind of like an exercise for me like what can I get across in 60 seconds um, and those have been going pretty well um, aside from that I do like very a little bits of like writing kind of stuff um, and I share a lot of um, like the illustrations I'm working on, and like the process work and that kind of thing, and, um, and that's, to
0: that. that's showing up on your blog, the writing that you're doing, or um, I, I use Medium. Okay, Medium, yeah. nice, okay, yeah, okay, cool. Blog, yeah. And what about the sixty second videos? Where are you posting those? Um, like
1: uh, on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, like all the places. But part of the the kind of sixty second constraint is. um, because that's the limit for Instagram. Yeah,
0: yeah, but that's cool, that's a, I mean, I've thought with my own tutorials trying to figure out how to do that kind of thing. You see so many of these videos and or I see so many of these videos in my Facebook stream fly by, where it's like this very short, compact tutorial with mm-hmm. subtitles and everything made for mobile viewing. It's, right. it, it is a really cool thing to do. Are you, trying to get those people onto your website or onto your courses from those videos? Or are you just kind of like building a...
1: Um, I mean like yeah I would, I would hope that people like I guess my hope would be that people if people see those and they like the way that I teach stuff or the way that I create tutorials they will be like oh okay well he also does longer length stuff on Skillshare. I'll go check him out there.
0: Got it. Okay, cool. And what, um, back to the basics, what equipment are you using to create your tutorials?
1: I have, um, I mean, I'm using the, the webcam on my like MacBook that you see right now. Uh Um, and then the, uh, then I have like just like the blue snowball microphone that's hearing right now. Um, and then, um, oh, and then I do have a a digital SLR camera that I just started to use for video. It's nothing like super high tech. And I I think my, five classes were the webcam and the built-in mic, and then just using, like, QuickTime quick time for screen recordings. <laughs>
0: nice. That's, like, the <laughs> easiest way to get started.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I think that's that's important, too, because, like, sometimes I think, I, I know I think, like, a barrier can be, like, oh, I need to have, like, you know, you see people doing, like, these really great courses, and they have amazing equipment, and it's like, oh, man, I need to buy all that shit before, <laughs> um, like, I can do it. And yeah, I, I got, like, a really great response from my classes, and I was using... The most basic stuff that I have.
0: Totally. I, I started with, out with the blue snowball and for 50 bucks, I don't think you can get a, a an easier and better microphone to use. Are you enjoying this episode? We hope you're learning to become a better course creator. If you want to learn the fast track to six figures with online courses, get your free seven step guide to success at onlinecoursemasters.com. Now let's get back to the show. So uh, you got your your youtube channel you got your own website uh that you built what what did you actually use to build your website is this a custom design or did you use a theme
1: um i'm using um it's uh my portfolio it's um it comes with like a creative cloud subscription with adobe oh,
0: cool nice so
1: whoever has that it's free you just go to like myportfolio.com i think it is wow uh, i didn't know that
0: that's yeah awesome. it links
1: up with um it links up with behance too so it's like i'll also put a lot of my like work on behance so it's kind of an easy way for me to i guess like kill two birds with one stone just put it up there and it shows up on my site too
0: nice and so are you doing you said the online courses is kind of your main source of income right now but are you still trying to get illustration jobs and doing that freelancing I'm
1: not, I'm not doing any like, um, super active, like prospecting, Mm -hmm. um, but some jobs still kind of come my way. And, um, and those usually are the, the ones that kind of, I guess, find me as opposed to me, go seek them. And those are usually the better ones too. Yeah. Um, and in addition to that, um, I've, um, I'll be doing, um, like some kind of, I'm doing like mentoring calls, um, shortly. Nice. Um, there's a new... I don't know if I'm supposed to say the name or not, but there's like a website coming that I'm going to be on to um, do like one-on-one calls and that'll be a nice little way to I guess like pad my income as well.
0: Nice, that's really cool. So what's like a typical day like in in your life as an online course creator and in kind of an online entrepreneur? What, what's like, what are you doing this week? What are you doing today aside from this interview? I think like sometimes people like ha- glorify the idea of, being an online course teacher and, and it is glorious. It is really cool, but sometimes it's kind of boring or, or yeah. it's just interesting to see what other people are spending their time doing.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like the most like important thing, like it's,
0: it, it's always
1: changing because depending on what class I may be making or, um, what other area of focus, like right now I'm kind of, um, I'm changing up though, those, those videos I was talking about, the 60-second ones, I'm kind of changing those up. I'm They were once just about Illustrator. Now I'm broadening them out to different topics as well. So I'm doing a lot of work into, into that. Um, but um, I'd say the things that kind of are routine is that um, I do, like, writing a journal every morning. Mm. Um, and to me, that's very, very important. Um, and I put a lot of effort into not going on social media too much. So... Um, yeah I that's usually like, it's not until well it's it, it it's good like its I found it's like I know something I kind of discovered is like that I can actually make a lot of friends on Twitter and stuff, and that's actually really fun um but that also I can totally not get anything done by doing that, so I kind of have this like no social before or, or after, until after lunch sort of thing yeah um yeah, but after um yeah, but I guess in terms of like the day to day sort of thing, like currently um, I'm getting ready to move to Montreal um, because kind of in line with what I mentioned before, the, the kind of learning something so that I can teach it. I've signed up for like a concept art program. So I'm actually now going to be going to Montreal for three months and, and like do a full intensive course um, so that so I'm actually not going to be making classes for like three months so that I can actually learn a bunch of stuff and then make really great classes.
0: Cool. That's exciting. And so that's a 3 month program. Is it through like a school or just what what is it through? Yeah,
1: there's um it's called Sin Studio. Okay. It's um it's like Montreal's really big for um like concept art for like video games. And this school in particular does uh, I guess a lot of education for that, but I've just I kind of like tracked down people online who have taken the course and Asked what they thought and they're just like, oh, it's, it's so good. Like, um, you got to go. So, um, yeah, I'll be, be kind of like a full-time student for three, three months.
0: Nice. Nice. So going back to your videos that you're creating and your blog and you got Instagram, you got Facebook, Twitter, Behance, all these other dribble, all these other places. Have you, is there one, platform that you would suggest people focusing on if they're trying to build an audience is there something that is growing faster than others for you
1: okay um i mean the one that's growing the fastest for me would be instagram um also given that i actually probably don't do as much there as i do on something like twitter so that that's probably worth noting Um, but i I guess more important than that to me is like to use the platform that you like. Um, like for me, I use Twitter and Instagram um, and mostly just those um, because those are the ones that I kind of have a fun time on. Whereas I've tried really hard to like use Facebook a lot before, or like I've looked at Pinterest and people have told me like that these platforms are really, really great for building an audience. Um, I It's just not for me though. I think that I just kind of, again, like if I, I'd rather not split my focus.
0: Yeah, that's what I just talked to someone else, um, Jessica Barst, who's going to be on the the podcast. And she was saying kind of the same thing, like there's all these other platforms out there and you could spend a lot of time trying to learn new platforms, learn how to build an audience on a new platform. But you should really focus on what's working. And to your point, you should focus on what you enjoy and and figure out maybe how to work that platform rather than just, you know, spreading yourself too thin. Um, cool. So at the end of the day, Skillshare, it seems like a very viable option to grow an extra income. Are there any other pieces of advice in terms of just helping people pick a topic to teach or just what seems to be working best on, on Skillshare that you can give our listeners?
1: um, I guess like, I guess it's kind of like a reoccurring theme, but like, if you're thinking of teaching something like, yeah, make it something that you love, not what you think is just going to make you a bunch of money or, you know, like, like, yeah, like my classes have like ironically brought me the most money when I'm not thinking about making the money when it's just about like making what I think would be really good for me um, or for other people. So yeah, just, you know, I I think it's really cool because like there is like an audience for everything online. <laughs> so like no matter what your thing is, like you can make videos about it and people who are like just as passionate about it as you are will find you and they will do it. And um, and that, yeah, that like kind of gives everybody like a lot of freedom just to make the stuff they love.
0: I love it, I love it. And yeah, the online world is growing all the time and these platforms, Skillshare, Udemy, they're expanding internationally too. Yeah. So really, whatever topic it is, there's going to be people interested in it. And speaking of this expansion, do you have any, what's your vision for yourself in, in the next three to five years? And how are you actually taking action right now to achieve those goals? So I have not thought that far ahead. Um, for pretty much, it's usually
1: like a six to 12 month sort of like, because I find like by the time, um that happens like what i want to do is completely different or it's like yeah um so right now um yeah the big focus for me is um learning as much as i can in the next 3 months so that i can spend the rest of the year making uh, just great courses um and that also means like trying to get my illustration skills up to you know where i want them to be um which i guess is just like an ever growing sort of thing um but uh, other than that like um yeah, I think I think I'm also trying to head in the direction of, um, yeah, just having like some more free time for myself as well to kind of um, do some like traveling and like I, I guess what I found is like I wanted to do, like I think a lot of people want to um, no work freelance or like work from home or like because it's like oh I have all this freedom I can do like all this stuff, but what I found is like once I started doing the work that I really enjoy, I do so much of it. And so now more than ever, I need to, um, I guess I step back and, and, and do other things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I think it takes a certain person to be successful freelancing or being a course creator, but those are the type of people who, when they do something like we go full force and we end up, you know, not taking care of ourselves and sitting in our office in front of a computer hunched over for 10 hours a day. And Yep. Sometimes you gotta go outside, even if it's snowy in Toronto.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like walking my dog has become like a godsend because it's it's what gets me out.
0: <laughs> nice. Okay, speaking of dogs, before we wrap up, I'm my wife and I we've been thinking about getting a dog because uh, we actually have two cats and we actually moved into a house and it's the first time we have like a yard and we thought about getting a dog. Um, do you what what type of dog do you have first of? Awesome. Um,
1: it's a beagle and bulldog mix
0: okay cool okay so how is how is the beagle uh, how did you even decide to get that dog in the first place
1: um, I think it was like I think it was my girlfriend was just on like uh, just online looking at like we, we talked about like getting a dog we didn't really know what we want and it was really like oh look at this like this is a really fun looking dog let's get this one <laughs> We're like let's go check it out and we really uh, yeah, like, drove to this farm and there was like 20 of these puppies that just kind of rushed us um and and then my girl and there's like one there's one of the dogs that just did not really care that we were there and so yeah my like melissa was like oh that's the one i want Um, so we went and and sure enough like our dog is like um i think she's close to four now and she is incredibly like stubborn and doesn't really you know give us any attention and it's kind of makes sense because that's the one we picked
0: yeah yeah that's funny (laughs) and as it um this is personal so everyone listening right now isn't going to care about this unless they're thinking about getting dogs but my worry so we have two cats and they're really easy um and so we we weigh the pros and cons of getting a dog because it seems like it's so much more work uh compared to a cat but do you is it worth it in the end I mean, like, of course I'm going to say yes. Like, (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to talk about your kid. Um, But, I mean, I would would say, sorry? (laughs) You're not going to take back your your dog to the farm.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I haven't done it yet, so that's probably a good sign. Um, But, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, it was, yes, it was more work than I thought it was going to be. I think, like, any person, like, getting a pet or something. Um, But, I mean, it's great. Like, you know, she's a part of the family now, and, oh, yeah, we love her, so... There's no way we could we could ever bring her
0: back. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, thanks for that. Those insider tips for dog ownership. Um, how about? Uh, is there? I don't think I asked you this. Is there any other inspiration or books or blogs you follow that you think could help uh, people listening to this podcast?
1: Um. Yeah. Um. I mean. I mean. I'm just gonna answer like based on what works for me. Yep. Um, I, I listen to a lot of like the Tim Ferriss podcast. Um, that's really helpful for me. Um, there's another one called uh, Creative Pep Talk by Andy Miller, um, which, I mean, um, for any like kind of creative person, I find it's I find it's very motivational. Um, in terms of books, this is again um, related to what I was talking about about not splitting my focus. Um, there's a book called uh, Essentialism, and another one called. Um, The one thing and both those are really kind of about um, Yeah, just kind of really finding like what's what's the one thing you want to focus on and kind of cutting everything else out Um, It's been really helpful for me and kind of um, deciding what I should and shouldn't be doing.
0: That's awesome I mean no one's mentioned those those resources, so I'm gonna have to check those out myself Um, So thanks a lot for that and (laughs) last question is uh, how can people find you online?
1: Um, I mean, you said it perfectly at the beginning, like just H-K-A-U-B-E dot com. Um, From there, it's like all the social things are there and yeah, it can be found pretty easily.
0: Yeah, it's super easy to find all of uh, your Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Dribble, everything there. So H-K-A-U-B-E dot com. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, I can't can't wait to see your success and um, see what happens after you take your your course in Montreal. Cool. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed this episode. There's no better way to learn how to become a better online course creator than heading over to OnlineCourseMasters.com and downloading your free seven-step guide to success. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen, and make sure to leave a rating. If you do, I might even read it on a future show. Help us reach our first 100 ratings. It'll just take an extra minute of your time and help me know how to make this show even better. Thanks and have a beautiful day.